to introduce my first storyteller for today, my dear friend Tilly. Tilly is one of my favourite writers from Melbourne who's living in Amsterdam at the moment and she's basically the only reason that this is happening here today. So I'm um, really happy to have you here, Till. <laughs> Thanks, Claude. In 2008, I wrote a list of things I hoped for by the time I turned 27. I'm not sure why I picked the arbitrary age of 27. Maybe it was front of mind because I'd recently learned of the 27 Club. I'd stuck a picture of Jim Morrison on my wall, quickly learned the Doors back catalogue and imagined what life might be like if I was around in the late 60s. It wasn't that a handful of artists, musicians and actors dying at the same age was a club I wanted to be a part of, but maybe when I was 13, I subconsciously thought 27 was so old that life was pretty much over with anyway. Let me take you back to 2008. This was prepubescent black and white braces wearing me. Once told by a boy that I looked like I could be a character from the TV show Rugrats because I had a big head and a little body. <laughs> I was busy writing in my diary and running simultaneous social media platforms, rejigging my MySpace top friends, signing in and out and in and out and in and out of MSN so my crush would see, and reposting my favourite new quote on my carefully curated Tumblr. Life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about getting out there and dancing in the rain. I was obsessed with mapping out the course of my life, and the list was just one part of it. 27. It seemed so far away, so out of reach. By 27, I'd definitely have my shit together. There'd be the glittering career. The actual role was TBC. I'm pretty sure I envisioned myself as successful if I was clip-flopping down Melbourne's corporate Collins Street in a killer suit and high heels. Sensible heels, though, not too high. I wanted to be taken seriously, after all. Dutchies, I'd say the equivalent would be strutting through Zadis. <laughs> there'd be a house with a library and a walk-in wardrobe. Actually, there'd probably be two. My cousin and I had this plan to live together in a house exclusively decorated in pink. We talked about it constantly, sketched mock-ups of the floor plan, sourced ideas while building houses for our sims. Our nan even started collecting her, saving her pink bowls and plates and cups she'd collected over the years for us, taking our dream as seriously as we believed it deserved. There'd be a partner. Obviously, we'd be madly in love. There wasn't much else written about him, about him and I'm quite impressed by 13-year-old me for not spending too long on that dot point. <laughs> There'd be at least one kid. After all, Mum had one by 27 and she wasn't far off her second and as she was my main measure of motherhood, I assumed it was the done thing to just follow her lead. No matter that I didn't have a maternal instinct, hated playing mums and dads and turned my nose up at babies. I've been told that I refused to speak to her for three days after she gave birth to my younger sister. So mad I was that there was a baby in the house who'd kicked me off my mantle and stole the attention as youngest child. Still today I'm happy to have a hold, but I'm happier when I get to pass the baby back. My writing career would be taking off. I'm talking pieces in Vogue, the New York Times magazine, eventually a novel. There'd also be a sizable, comfortable amount of savings. I'd be setting myself up for my future. This was the age of innocence, remember. I was still a few years off journalism school where we were told almost daily not to expect too much and actually think twice about the career you're going into. So when I stumbled across this list, almost 15 years later, I was at first amused. Kids, huh? And then pensive. But wait, I thought about where I am in comparison to where my 13-year-old self thought I'd be, a real-life how it started versus how it's going, if you will. I have three jobs, all of them 
casual, precarious at best, none of them allowing me to get even close to the wall-to-wall pink apartment or the comfortable savings. I'm writing, a little, but none of the publications remotely resemble Vogue or the New York Times magazine. No kids, thank God. No fancy partner. Just a silly idea with a friend to marry him for a visa. It's half serious on my end, so it's rather lucky my potential groom isn't here today to hear me manifest this on stage. <laughs> it was one of those classic moments where you really take a real and honest look at your life. You've probably done it too. Maybe looked around you and compared yourself to others and their lot in life. But don't they say, comparison is the thief of all joy? Another Tumblr quote for you. I wondered. In rediscovering the list and writing this story at the behest of my dear friend Claudia, and now that I am 27, I decided to ask women close to me, who came before me, how they felt at 27. Were they where they thought they'd be? My 31-year-old sister is someone I've long admired. She's clever and creative and she doesn't shy away from speaking her mind. She pushed the boundaries when we were young, paving away the way for the rest of us. As I so often do in times of existential angst, I turned first to her, and I've paraphrased her answer for clarity. She told me she thought by 27 she'd have an established career, still be with her long-term partner from high school, and maybe have a child. But instead, she was on a find-yourself gap year after her relationship collapsed, and she'd given up on her career. Basically, she said, all the things she thought would be happening were most definitely not. I asked her what about what she did have at 27 and where she's at now. And against the backdrop of her beloved dog Archie padding about in the background, she told me she was grateful, even for him, despite a quadruple surgery on his busted butthole leaving her $8,000 poorer. <laughs> but all in all, she said she was glad those things collapsed when she was 27. She was grateful she was on a different path to the one she thought she'd take. Because reconfiguring her career meant she could make jewellery again and have time for her hobbies. She's met incredible friends she probably wouldn't have met if she'd been living with her partner. She told me she thought she'd be a very boring person if things had gone to plan. And what about our dear darling mother? Also creative and caring and who I'd likely dedicate that first book to because she dedicated her life to us. Her dream was to get into the Royal College of Art in London. After one rejection, they encouraged her to apply again the following year, but she didn't get around to it. She worked as a textile designer, started her own clothing label, and then she got pregnant and life got in the way. How did she feel about where she ended up at 27? She told me, of course, she wondered how her life could have been different if she hadn't been accepted into that course. But she has no regrets. She told me she wasn't someone who said she would never have kids. In fact, she always knew she wanted kids and to be a mother. And she also very specifically wanted four kids, which is what she got. She said she loved the paintings and the drawings and the activities and the games when my siblings and I were little. And rather aptly, she told me she supposed she took the creativity, her creativity, and channeled it into another role that she loved and relished, being a mother. I didn't allow enough time in writing this to call up Nan and ask her about her role at the helm of a long-running steak restaurant, or my bubba, because bless her heart, but there's no such thing as a quick chat to her, and I didn't have the hours to dedicate to the start-to-finish tale of leaving Yugoslavia to come to Australia without a word of English. <laughs> so although my sample size is very small, the effect is considerable, and I'm sure it can be applied beyond the microcosm of my family. Because at first I thought, if only I could go back and speak to my 13-year-old self and maybe tell her to adjust that list a little bit. But I think the juxtaposition of her idea of me at 27 
an actual me at 27, instead has allowed me to appreciate what it is that I do have. The privilege to pick everything up and start a life on the other side of the world simply because I wanted to and not because I had to. The ability to, the ability to go back to the one in Australia if I should so want to. The wisdom to push back against a self-imposed timer to find the partner, have the kid, decorate the apartment in pink. A multitude of fabulous and interesting and clever friends. A loving and supporting family, my health, it goes on. Some of us spend large parts of our youth trying to envision and design our future. But I've learned the only certain thing in life is in fact uncertainty. As a natural born planner, it's taken me time to let that go a little and succumb to spontaneity and lean into the unexpected. Because evidently, what we hope for isn't always what we'll get. And if you're willing to let yourself examine life through a slightly different lens, there can be a level of appreciation that comes from not achieving everything that a young you sets out to achieve. Sometimes the beauty and sense of perspective comes from getting nothing that you'd hoped for, but more. Thank you. Mm -hmm.